The following audio is from Life Centre Church. For more information, please visit lifecentrechurch.com.au. Well, good morning, guys. Welcome to church. If you don't know me, my name is Shane, and I'd love to get to know you. So stick around after the service and we'll, we'll say hey. Uh, but I do have the privilege this morning of preaching, of continuing our series that we've been doing, Encountering Jesus, as we walk through these stories and these parables of when Jesus walked amongst us on earth. And so this morning, we get to open up Matthew 14 and look at this story of Jesus walking on the water and Whether you grew up in church or you didn't, you've probably heard of this story. You've probably heard the claims that Jesus walked on the water. And so before I get into it, I just want to pray and ask that God would speak to us this morning. Lord, thank you for your goodness towards us. Thank you that we can gather together as your body. No matter what's going on, Lord, that you are sovereign over all things. And so this morning I pray, Lord, that you would speak through me, that your words would go out, that we'd get a fresh revelation of who you are. And that ultimately our faith might be stirred to follow you all the more. So thank you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Back in 2019, when traveling was a thing, my wife and I went to Italy and we spent uh, a few months or a few weeks traveling around different places. And one of the places we went to was this little town called La Spezia. And we stopped here because you could get a boat from here down and around the coastline of the sea. And we just wanted to see all these beautiful towns that they kind of built on the cliff's edge, real colorful towns. And so we stayed in this place and one day we got up and we, we called a few boat companies to see if we can get a boat to go out. But they all kind of said the same thing. The weather was too bad, so they weren't taking anybody out today. But the sun was shining and it was beautiful. The wind wasn't blowing at all, so we just didn't understand. So we just kept on calling and calling and calling. And then one guy, I think we found him on Facebook Marketplace or something, he was like, yeah, I'll take you out. That's fine. No no stress at all. So we we rocked down to the harbour and what we saw was this dude standing beside how I would describe as like a blow-up boat with an engine. And so like, okay, look, we kind of looked at each other and we thought, this guy's probably done it thousands of times. He's probably taken heaps of people out. It should be fine, right? And so we walked over to the boat and then something weird happened. He kind of threw us the keys and he was like, good luck, see you in a few hours. And we were like, oh, I don't know. Like we didn't have much confidence in the boat's ability, let alone our ability to drive the thing. But we kind of thought when in Rome or when in La Spezia and we head on out and we were cruising this harbour and it was absolutely beautiful. Like I said, the sun was shining, it was just glassy waters, and it was absolutely spectacular as we looked around, beautiful scenery, and we just didn't get it. We didn't understand why nobody else was going out here, until we got to the mouth of the harbour, and we entered into what I would call the deadly sea, past the protected barrier of the harbour, and in an instant we knew why nobody else was out here as we were met with giant swell and waves in our tiny little blow-up boat, our rubber ducky, and poor Lauren in the front of the car getting thrown in the air up and down as we hit these waves. like We were genuinely terrified in this moment. And we looked down the coastline of where we needed to go, and it was kilometers and kilometers to go still, and we just saw waves crashing and smashing into the coastline, and we thought, you know what? This could be how we go. This could be it. And we kind of said, when in Rome, and no, we chose life in that moment. And we turned the little rubber ducky around and we went back into the cool, calm, protective waters of the harbor. And we spent the rest of our time there. It was genuinely terrifying, like nothing we have experienced before. And I understood why Paul had been shipwrecked out there so many times, because it was dangerous. 
And what's funny is we, we pick up this story of the disciples in a similar situation. They're out in the sea, in the midst of this storm, trying to get to the other side, and the waves and wind are beating against them. In Mark's gospel, it says they are straining painfully. And this isn't the first time the disciples have been caught in a storm. Matthew in chapter 8, he tells us, tells us of this story of the disciples in this storm. As Jesus is asleep in the front of the boat, and they wake him up and they say, Lord, save us, we're going to drown. And Jesus gets up and he rebukes the winds and the waves. And he looks at them and says, oh, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? And the disciples kind of looked at each other and they said this. They said, who is this man that even the winds and the waves obey him? Who is this man? And what Matthew is trying to do here is kind of contrast or parallel these two stories of his disciples in the storm to answer this question. Who is this man? And what's funny is the disciples didn't even get themselves in this situation, unlike Lauren and I. It wasn't their fault. And we pick it up in verse 22. It says, Immediately he made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side. While he dismissed the crowd, and after he had dismissed the crowd, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat by this time was a long way from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. But when his disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, Take heart, for it is I. Do not be afraid. What's interesting as we look at this, it says Jesus made his disciples get into the boat. He didn't recommend, he didn't ask. He made them get into the boat and go across the sea. He knew in that moment that they were going to face struggling and strain as they went into the storm. And yet he still sent them. We might ask, why would he do this? Well, it seems as we read this story, as we read this passage, that Jesus wanted to reveal something of his nature to his disciples. He wanted to take this opportunity to teach his disciples something about him, this revelation they hadn't yet gotten. And so Jesus sends them across the lake into this storm. And it's not always the most popular belief going around, but sometimes God will send us through a storm in order that we might see him more clearly in order that we might know him better. Sometimes God will direct us down a path and there might be some momentary struggle and strain, but it's never pointless. And even if we don't understand what is going on or why we are in this spot, God is always in control and he is always using it for his glory and our good. And so this is where the disciples find themselves in this moment, getting sent into the storm. A lot of Christians sometimes think that obedience to Jesus is going to lead to smooth sailing. That if we just follow what Jesus says us to do, it'll be all right. And yet the disciples got in the boat like Jesus told them to. And they went across. And in this moment, we see that their obedience didn't lead to smooth sailing at all. It just doesn't seem like that's what the Bible tells us. In fact, one of the most beautiful Psalms, Psalms 23, I love this Psalm. It talks about the Lord being our shepherd as he guides us and as he leads us. It says, even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, even though we go through these dark times in life, these struggles and these strains, even though they will come, I will not fear. Why? For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. This is the good news of the gospel. This is the God that we have. We do not need to fear because he is with us, even though we will walk through these valleys. 
This, this story is told in three Gospels, in Matthew, Mark, and John. And I love Mark's Gospel. He picks something up that the other two don't. It says in Mark's Gospel, in uh, chapter 6, verse 28, He saw them as they were straining painfully, for the wind was against them. Like, the disciples are in the midst of this storm, struggling, straining painfully to try and get to where Jesus has sent them. You just imagine they're like, what is going on here? Why are we in this storm? Why would Jesus send us through this? And when they couldn't see Jesus, it didn't mean that Jesus couldn't see them. It didn't mean that Jesus didn't care for them and that he wasn't with them in that moment. And the same is true for us as Christians. In the, in the midst of our storm and our struggles, when we can't see Jesus and we don't know what he's doing, it doesn't mean that he isn't with us. It doesn't mean that he doesn't see us, and it definitely doesn't mean that he doesn't care, because he does. And as we see, Jesus then goes to his disciples. Jesus goes to them walking on the sea. It says that when he gets close enough, they kind of look out, and they can't really see Jesus still, and so they cry out, it's a ghost. And immediately it says, Jesus spoke to them saying, take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. Jesus tells them to take heart and to not be afraid. The, most command, the greatest command in the Bible is to not fear. Do not be afraid. It's the most repeated command from God throughout the whole Bible. Do not fear. Do not be afraid. And here Jesus says to his disciples, do not fear because I'm here. Do not fear when they looked and they couldn't see if it was Jesus or not, they became fearful. And what's interesting is when Jesus saw them struggling in the storm, he didn't immediately go to them. It says he waited until the fourth watch, so like 3 to 6 a.m. They'd probably been straining for hours and hours and hours. And yet when he sees that fear is creeping in, it says immediately Jesus spoke to them. Immediately Jesus stepped in when fear gripped his disciples. Why? Because Jesus doesn't want us to fear. There seems to be this battle throughout this entire passage of faith versus fear, as Jesus wants us to exchange our fear for faith and trust in him. And so Peter, being Peter, we don't really know why, but he needs a little bit more assurance that this isn't Casper the friendly ghost. And so he says, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And so Jesus says, come. And so Peter gets out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and he began to sink and he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him saying, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Peter gets out of the boat and walks on water. We don't really know why he made this request or why he wanted to get out, but he did. And he was the only person in history to ever walk on water apart from God himself. And he would have walked a good distance, I reckon, because when he got out of the boat, he couldn't still see Jesus properly, but it says he gets close enough that when he begins to sink, Jesus can reach out and grab him. So here's a man walking on water by faith. And then what happens? He takes his eyes off Jesus. He sees the wind and he becomes afraid. And in that moment, his fear causes him to sink. The wind and the waves is not what caused him to sink. It was his fear. They were always there. But when he took his eyes off his Savior and put them on his situation, he began to sink. 
And the same is true with us. When we're in the midst of our storms, if we take our eyes off Jesus, if we take our eyes off the only one holding us above the water and place them on other things, we look around for other things, for safety and security to take hold of, they will fail us and we will begin to sink. So when you keep our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher, the perfecter of our faith. And this isn't just in the midst of the storm we need to do this. This is in all seasons. Who here has your eyes on something else right now? Maybe COVID, vaccines, Novak Djokovic. There is a lot of things that are trying to steal our attention at the moment. We have to keep our eyes on Jesus, especially in the midst of our storms, when the things around us seem so overwhelming that we don't know how we're going to get out. It's in those moments that we need to trust that Jesus is able to save us, that he will continue to hold us above the water and that he will never let us drown. And so Peter cries out in this moment, Lord, save me. And it says again, immediately, Jesus reached out and grabbed him. Immediately, when Peter cried out, Lord, save me, immediately Jesus saved him. When Peter acknowledged his need for Jesus, immediately Jesus saved him. And the same is true for us. And we cry out to Lord, save me, immediately Jesus will save us. When fear creeps in, when our faith fails, Jesus still saves. This is the good news. Jesus still saves because he is faithful to save and he will never let us drown. And then something unexpected happens. Well, I think it's unexpected. Jesus looks at Peter and says, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And can we just be real for a second? Like Peter just got out of a boat, perfectly fine boat, walked on water towards Jesus. He had faith to take each step as he went along the way. And then he had faith that even when he was falling, he could cry out, Lord, save me, and that Jesus would save me. And then he even got back in the boat. And what I mean by this is it doesn't say how Peter got back in the boat, but either Jesus carried him or he walked. Either way, this man had faith, and yet Jesus says, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Like, what little, like, if that is little faith, then we're all doomed, right? Like, I haven't walked on water lately, have you? No, Peter did. Little faith. And so, as I was reading this, I didn't really understand what was going on. Why does Peter have little faith in this moment? Maybe Peter, when he was walking on the water, he remembered that first storm. Yes, we know this man has power over the wind and the waves. I can walk. But then something happened and he sunk. It seems like in this moment, Peter had both faith and fear. He had both strength and weakness. He had both trust and doubt. What Peter doubted in this moment was that Jesus could sustain him above the water could continue to hold him above the water, that Jesus had enough power over the winds and the waves. He ultimately doubted Jesus in this moment. That's what caused him to sink. That's what it means by little faith. He was torn. It's not that he didn't have big enough faith or greater faith. It's that his faith wasn't properly placed in Jesus. See, Jesus is calling us all to come, to follow him, to have faith, but not just momentary faith. Sustaining faith, enduring faith, faith that says, Jesus, you can either calm the storm or you can call me out of the boat, but either way, I'm going to trust that you're going to get me to the other side because you said you would and you are faithful to your word. 
faith that says whatever is going on around me, no matter what the situation and season is, the circumstances, no matter what is happening in this storm, that you are greater and that you are ultimately in control. This is the faith that Jesus wanted Peter to have. And this is the faith that Jesus wants us to have as we follow him, as we walk this journey. And please hear me, this isn't, a, this isn't a call to have bigger and greater faith. It's to place our faith in Jesus, the one who is bigger, the one who is greater, the one who went through the ultimate storm for you and for me and came out victorious. Tim Keller writes this. He said, If the truth that Jesus bowing his head into the ultimate storm, the cross, is burned into the core of our being, then we will never say, God, don't you care? Because if he didn't abandon us in the midst of that storm, what makes you think he's going to abandon us now? Jesus entered into the ultimate storm head on for you and for me. And he didn't abandon us then. What makes you think he'll abandon you now in the storm and season that you're currently in? We're going to have this choice throughout our entire walk, entire life between faith and fear between trusting Jesus and focusing on what is happening around us. Let me encourage you, let's fix our eyes on Jesus. Let's trust that Jesus is with us, that he is in control. Let's not get distracted by everything around us, but focus on him, knowing that he knows what you're going through because he has been through it as well. And I just want to finish with this. The band can come back up. But as we look at this first storm, as we look at the first storm that the disciples found themselves in, as they cried out, Lord, save me, Jesus gets up, he rebukes the wind and the waves. Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And they say, who is this man? Who is this man? They hadn't yet understood who Jesus was. They'd known him, but they hadn't really known him. They had seen him do these miracles, but they hadn't really seen him. So no wonder they feared. No wonder Peter in this moment feared the wind and the waves over Jesus because they didn't know yet who this man was. And then we get to this second storm that Matthew wants to show us. And here again, there's wind and waves beating against them and Peter cries out, the Lord saves him. Oh, you have little faith, why did you doubt? Why do you still doubt? And then it says, as they get back in the boat, the wind ceases. Jesus doesn't even rebuke the wind this time. The wind just stops. And his disciples kind of look at him, and in verse 33, it says this. And those in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly you are the Son of God, Truly, you are the Son of God. They finally understood who this man was. Jesus, the Son of God. Who is this man? This passage isn't about getting out of the boat in faith. It's not about walking on water in faith. It's about understanding who Jesus is and that if he is truly the Son of God and we truly believe that, then we have nothing to fear because he is our sovereign king. He is the God above all. He is the God of the wind and the waves, the mountains and the seas. And he's bringing us all into a place of deep comfort and trust. To have faith over our fear, to worship over our worry. This is what Jesus is calling us all into this morning. Who is this man? 
It's God himself, our provider, the one who will sustain us, the one who promises that he who began a good work in us will bring it to completion, the perfecter of our faith. Who is this man? He's our God. He's our good father. And we can trust him in all seasons and situations. He is all that we need, no matter what is going on around us. I want to encourage us as we go out into our weeks, in the face of the situations around us, in the face of COVID and vaccines and all that that brings, lockdowns and the uncertainties, let's exchange our fear, our confusion for faith in Jesus. Let's take our eyes off these conversations and everything that's going on around us and bring them back to Jesus. Let's choose in the moments of worry to worship, to worship our great King who is sovereign over all, who knows what's going on, not just in the universe, but in your life, in your heart, in your mind. And He says, Take heart, for it is I. Do not be afraid. And this doesn't mean that we're not going to face storms. It means we probably will. But it means we're going to face them with Jesus. As his Holy Spirit lives within us, we have the Son of God with us as we walk this journey. So let's trust that he knows best. When we don't know why we're in this storm, we don't know what is going on around us, let's trust in Jesus all the more that as he sends us into these storms, as we go through these valleys, that ultimately we are molded and shaped and transformed more and more into the image of Christ as he takes us from one degree of glory to the next. Let me pray. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Life Centre Church located in North Lake. We exist to make, mature and multiply disciples in communities that depend upon, declare and display the gospel of Jesus Christ in all of life. If you would like more information about us, please visit lifecenterchurch.com.au. We provide our podcasts free of charge. Please feel free to download the content and share it with others, but please do not edit or alter the content in any way without the written permission from the leadership of LCC. 